Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to our service this morning. First song will be number 747. Seven hundred forty-seven. Jesus is Lord, my Redeemer. How He loves me! How I love Him! He is risen. He is God. to our services today. You are our honored guest and we invite you to worship with us often, whether in person or via live stream. Please fill out an attendance card and place in the collection plate so that we may have a record of your attendance. Times of our services are 9.30 Bible study, 10.30 Sunday morning worship, 5 p.m. Sunday evening worship, and 7 p.m. Wednesday evening worship. Perfect attendance for December are as follows. Toddlers, Sadie Shepard, 4th and 5th grade, Knox Blunt, Maddie Ely, Middle School, Bryson Albright, Josie Ely, Reagan Brown, and Chloe Blunt. High School, Ella and Sarah Albright, Callie and Emma Barrett. Our hearts rejoice as Zach Huff was baptized into Christ last Sunday. Let us welcome him and encourage his new walk as a Christian. Next Sunday will be our Meals on Wheels delivery. We will be preparing food for 10 people. Please see Christy Albright if you can help with the delivering of the meals after the morning worship service. The next area-wide youth devo will be Sunday, January the 15th at Coopertown Church of Christ at 5 p.m. The bus will leave the church building at 4.30 p.m. if you wish to ride to the devo. See Ryan Blunt for more information. Congratulations to Travis and Christine Gupton on their wedding October the 8th. 
to celebrate their marriage, we will have a gift card shower since they live out of town. A gift table is set up in the foyer for you to place your gift card. Please have your gift on the table by January the 22nd. Are there no, if there are no other announcements, I'll turn it over. Today's scripture reading will be taken 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this the love of God has man- was manifested in us, that God has sent his own begotten son to, to the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, that he sent his son to be propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Psalm 4, open the prayer, be number 101. 101. Wonderful story of love, tell it to me again. Wonderful story of love, wake the immortal strength. Angels with rapture announce it. Shepherds with wonder receive it. Sinner, oh, won't you believe it? Wonderful story of love. Wonderful story of love. 
Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this, another Lord's Day, that we can come to you and worship you in spirit and truth, sing hymns to thee, have a lesson brought from your inspired word. Father, we're also thankful now for a, a new year that is, that is upon us. And Father, just for a moment, we'd like to reflect on the past year. Father, we're thankful for the many blessings that happened in the year 2022. Father, even though we, we know you bless us every day and sometimes we are, we're blind to those blessings, but Father, we know that you are with us and we're so thankful for the, for the many blessings that you bestow upon us every day. Father, we also know that it was a year for trials and tribulations for some of our members that might have had hospital stays or, or sickness and illness and Father, also those that lost loved ones. Father, we want to keep them in mind and as we go into this new year, Father, we, play, we pray for Many blessings that you, we know you will continue to bestow upon us, the, the, that we may have some security in the, in the faith of our country and, and the way that it will go. Father, we pray that, that you will bestow prosperity on, upon us. Father, we pray for the many blessings that you bestow upon us each day. Father, we're thankful for this church here at Stroudsville. We're thankful for the elders and the work they do and, and the deacons and Father, we're especially proud of our minister, Brother Tom Payne, and the lessons that he brings and and we ask that uh, you give him a ready recollection this morning and that we may take this lesson to heart and spread it on to others that they may bring them closer to you. Father, we're thankful for your son that died on the cross. We pray that we have a hope for with thee in heaven and forgive us when we fall short, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Prepare our minds to the Lord's Supper. We'll sing number 176. We'll sing the first verse. 176. Why did my Savior come to earth and to Here's some good news. 2022 is over. We can all breathe a sigh of relief. Maybe. 
We can look at 2022's problems in the rearview mirror. Maybe. This year, 2023, will be much better. No more diseases, death, destruction, or political disarray. Probably not. But our all-powerful God is still on his throne. Definitely. The fact is, we don't know what will come in 2023, which is why as Christ followers, we trust God with whatever will happen. We remember that Jesus is Lord of our lives. We remember that our all-powerful and loving Father, our King, is on his throne, and everything is ultimately under his control. We remember that as Christians, God's Spirit indwells us, empowers us, and guides us. We remember that as disciples of Jesus, we are sent into this world to share his good news of salvation through him. We are his ambassadors who share his message of reconciliation that he accomplished on the cross. Each of us has the responsibility as a Christ follower to tell others the meaning of this communion meal. One thing we know for sure, a day will come when there truly will be no more diseases, death, destruction, or political disarray. It's described in Revelation chapter 21 verses 2 through 4 as the time when Jesus, the Lamb who has taken away our sins, returns. When the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven from God, when God will dwell personally with his people, when we will be his people and God himself will be with us and be our God. That may happen this year, maybe not. We don't know when Jesus will return. And so we remember what the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, and verse 44, and chapters 25 and verse 13, that we must keep watch. We must remain faithful to Jesus to grow closer to him and to his mission. In the meantime, we gather as a community of God's people to remember what Jesus did on the cross for us. We take bread that represents his body and eat it. We take the cup that symbolizes his blood shed for us, and we drink. And every day, we proclaim with John, who wrote in Revelation 22, verse 20, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come before you thanking you for everything that you give us. Especially at this time, we want to thank you for the bread, which represents your son's body that was beaten and broken. And dear Lord, please help us take it in a manner that is worthy and pleasing in your sight. And it's through your son's name we pray. Amen.
pray again. Dear we come before you again just thanking you for this cup, the fruit of the vine which represents your son's blood that was shed on the cross for the remission of our sins. Dear we pray that we take it in a manner worthy and pleasing in your sight. It's uh, through your son's name that we pray. Amen. have a prayer for the offering. Dear Lord, we come before you once again just thanking you for everything that you give us, for all the material blessings of this earth. And dear Lord, we we know that it all belongs to you, and we pray that we give with a cheerful heart. And dear Lord, we just thank you for everything, and we thank you especially for your son Jesus, and it's through his name that we pray. Amen.
You'd like to mark your songbooks, our uh, song of invitation after lesson be number 607. 607. For the lesson, stand and sing number 525. Five hundred twenty-five. If for the price we have striven after our labors are o'er, rest to our souls will be given on the eternal shore. Home of the soul, beautiful home, there we shall rest never to roam. Free from all care, happy and bright. Jesus is there, he is the light. Off in the storm, lonely are we. Sighing for home, longing for thee. Beautiful home of the ransom beside the crystal sea. Yes, a sweet rest is remaining for the true children of God, where there will be no complaining, never a chastening rod. Home of the soul, beautiful home, there we shall rest, never to roam. Free from all care, happy and bright. Jesus is there, he is the light. Off in the storm, lonely are we. Sighing for home, longing for thee. Beautiful home of the ransom beside the crystal sea. Soon the bright homeland adorning, we shall behold the glad dawn. Lean on the Lord till the morning, trust till the night is gone. Home of the soul, beautiful home, there we shall rest, never to roam. Free from all care, happy and bright. Jesus is there, he is the light. Off in the storm, lonely are we, sighing for home, longing for thee. Beautiful home of the ransom beside the crystal sea. Be seated, please. Good morning. Oh, it's so good to see all of you here today, and I appreciate uh, your presence. Happy New Year, and um, I know we have some visitors here with us today. Thank you for being here. We, we're honored that you're here. Hope you'll come back. Keep coming back and be a part of our family, and uh, we're thankful to be growing. <laughs> I want to start off with a little bit of a, a word puzzle to see if you can figure out the word. There's a word that's common with all of these. It's pretty simple. I'll give you a minute to figure it out. So if we go to the next slide, you'll see that operative word today is new, new. So I figured why not bring 
a New Year's Day lesson today with a new theme. We're going to use the word new. So you'll hear the word new several times in the lesson today, and I hope you can remember that. If you're taking notes, you might want to write new, right? New and improved. So, Happy New Year to all of you. 2000, I have to get used to writing 23 now, 2023. It'll take a while for it to sink in. The years are flying by. I want to circle back to something Avery said in our communion meditation. I thought it was real interesting, Avery. I appreciate your words. But let's be honest. When you go back about three years, beginning in 2020, remember when COVID sort of hit? It got tough, didn't it? COVID, and then, and then COVID got into full force, and then we started kind of seeing the war in Ukraine, and then our economy, record inflation for, I think it's a 40-year record uh, and it's been tough. It's been really difficult. And so Avery posed, posed a question to us, you know, how are you looking forward to the new year? Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of concerned. And so my question as I presented the lesson today is how, how are you doing right now? Are you being honest with yourself? You know, maybe you're stressed or concerned or a little worried about the future, or maybe you're going through seasonal depression with the winter. I don't know, but I suspect with this size of group today, there's going to be somebody who's struggling with something. We all struggle with something at some time. How are you doing? How are you doing? I thought it was interesting that uh, we sang the song just before getting up here, often the storm, lonely are we, sighing for home, longing for thee. The Christian walk is not one that's promised uh, with constant peace and happiness, sometimes life can be difficult. And if you're concerned or stressed or are anxious, come back tonight because we have a lesson about that topic. You know, how are we going to face the new year and how are we going to get through the unknown and, and how, how can we open our Bible and, and find comfort and reassurance in Christ. So my question for you today is often with the new year, uh, people make New Year's resolutions. A lot of times they have to do with weight. That's probably the single most uh, frequent New Year's resolution. And so uh, in my next slide, the, do you need to make some changes? Probably so. You know, if you're like most of us, I'm not suggesting anybody's overweight. I'm not looking at anybody right now. But when I say changes... Um, we have to concede and acknowledge that there are some things in life we cannot change. Would you agree? For example, if you said, my New Year's resolution is to change the color of my eyes. Mm-mm, can't do that. You can't change your body build. You can't change your height. If you're losing hair, guys, sorry. Not much you can do about that. There may be some medical advances that help, but... You know, we're fighting a losing battle. Gravity takes over. There's just things that sometimes can't be changed. But maybe, maybe there's some things that can be changed. For example, you may be one of those persons that struggles with punctuality, right? And so maybe those are some of the things that we should change. I want to be on time. I want to be a better planner. I want to be better at managing my finances. Or I want to learn to say no. I don't want to be overcommitted and so stressed that I'm doing so much that I'm beginning to resent all of my responsibilities, right? So some of those things you can change. For example, habits are things that you can change. Priorities are things that you can change. And, and I'm thankful that you're here. 
on a Sunday. Maybe you, need, you could come back on a Wednesday night too and study the Bible with us. Maybe that's something you haven't been doing or coming back on Sunday night. Maybe you need a new attitude. So what I want to talk about today is I'm going to challenge each of you to realize that God calls us to radical transformation. You see, change when you become a child of God is not an option. Listen to me, this is important. Change is not an option. As a matter of fact, God stresses this point so much. Later on in the lesson, we're going to talk about your own death. Did he say death? Yes, I said death. Your own death necessitates a new person. So bear with me. Follow me on this lesson. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's going to be our main text, so keep your finger on that text. And we're actually going to begin around 13, 2 Corinthians 5. So during our lesson today, be sure you keep a bookmark or your finger in this text as you flip back and forth. But our main text is found in 2 Corinthians 5. I'm going to read part of 13. Paul says to the church at Corinth, If we're beside ourselves, it's for God. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. In other words, we may be acting a little strange or saying strange things to you. Why? Because God controls what I say and what I do. And you might find that odd, sort of an odd message. So what controls Paul? Verse 14, he says the love of Christ is what controls us. Because we have concluded, Paul says, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him, who for their sake died and was raised. Let's continue reading verse 16. So he talks about a death process. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, there's that operative word again, he is a new creation. So when I say to you, Happy New Year, I'm really saying the year is beginning, it's a new year, but I also want to challenge you today to think about your life, your priorities, your goals, how you spend your time, and are you a new person in Christ? Are you simply the old person who put on the name Christian but didn't change? And if you did that, stop and repent, because that's never what God intended. He doesn't want Christians that wear the name only, but are the same worldly people. It happens a lot in the church, though. You see, as a minister of the gospel, I have a duty to tell you that when you became a Christian, you died. The old person was buried. Not in a grave of dirt, but in a grave of water. That person symbolically died just recently Toward the end of the year, we had two new converts, and I thought, how beautiful that these people have started a new walk in Christ, but that new walk can't look like the old person. It must be the new person in Christ, new goals, new values. Sometimes Jesus will change your speech. He'll change your priorities. He changes the things you think about and dream about and long for. Paul is saying, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. 
All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. We are controlled by God, and we must become new. The love of Christ controls us. One has died for all, therefore all have died. Now, the next slide is a song lyric. It's actually, uh, I guess you'd call it a worship song. And I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to sing it. We'll sing it twice. You may know it. I am mine no more. I am mine no more. I've been bought with blood. I'm mine no more. You see, those that are in Christ that have been transformed into this new person, this new individual, are saying the old me is gone. And sometimes we have to get up in the morning and remind ourselves, I'm dead. (laughs) The things that I used to long for, the things that I used to value, I no longer value because now I value what God wants me to value. I've crucified that old man. Boy, that's a hard thing to do. Amen, church? It's hard. If we're honest, we get up and the flesh goes, Woo, let's go party. Do the stuff we used to do. Or you're like, not so fast, buddy. I'm new. Remember, you're dead. Now, it doesn't mean Christians can't have fun. We just can't value the things that the world values. Pursue and chase after the things the world values because those are all passing away. We have a new home, a heavenly home. And so our value systems change. And so when I challenge you and say, Happy New Year, I also want to say to you in Christ, Happy New You. You are a new person in Christ. And it's not easy to become a new person in Christ. It requires crucifying the flesh. That's the truth. Let's sing the song. I am mine no more. I am mine no more. I've been bought with blood. I am mine no more. I am mine no more. I am mine no more. I've been bought with blood. I am mine no more. In First Corinthians chapter 6, I've got it here on the slide. You can read it starting in verse 19. Paul reminds the church at Corinth, the same church that he's writing this letter to in 2 Corinthians. He tells those Christians, many of them new converts, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God, you are not your own. Why would he say that? The old man is dead. The new person has been purchased with the blood of Jesus. Now controlled by God and led by the Holy Spirit. It belongs to God. Sometimes I think we ought to wear a t-shirt. Property of God. Amen? I'm not mine anymore. I don't belong to me. God takes these talents and these abilities and these desires and He channels them and uses them in ways that glorify Him, not self. We sang a song earlier today, He gave His precious life for me.
for me. Why? Because he loved me so. He gave himself sacrificially. He asked us to do the same. Verse 20 in 1 Corinthians 6, you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. I am mine no more. I am mine no more. I've been bought with blood, the blood of Jesus. So here's what Jesus says as he's proclaiming the truth and walking around and preaching and teaching. He reminds his followers of this very simple message on this New Year's Day where I'm hoping you'll set some new priorities and goals for yourself and you'll say, am I really the new me? Jesus says in Matthew 10 and verse 38, And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me, he's not worthy of me. Now the cross simply was an instrument of death. That shocked his listeners. A cross? But a cross is an instrument of death. That's the, the sinners and the, and the criminals that are out there on the hill of Golgotha. Those that are, that are crucified, put to death, Lord. Are you saying you want us to put ourselves to death? That's precisely what he's saying. It's not an easy message. Jesus went to the cross not for his sin, but for my sin. I must acknowledge my sin and realize that I come to him unworthy, but yet the Father says, I've taken care of your sin if you'll simply believe and confess and begin to live a new life. Jesus will pay your death penalty for you. He did it on the cross. And so what Jesus is saying in verse 39 in our next slide is, whoever finds his life will lose it. That is, if I become successful and the world looks at me and goes, what a successful man, look at all the money you've amassed, look at your home, look at your clothes, look at your car. If, if, if I've done all those things and the world thinks I'm successful, guess what? I've lost everything. What? Yes, I've lost Everything. It's a paradox. A paradox. The opposite is true. However, in this paradox, Jesus goes on to say, whoever loses his life, that is, giving up all the things of the world, the things that the world values, all of those temporary material things, if you give those up for God, you lose those things for my sake. You will find your life. You see, that's the great paradox of giving up everything for God. If you give everything up for God, then you've gained everything, eternity, and eternal life in His presence. But if you have your arms wrapped tightly around the world, and you value all the things that are worldly and meaningless, then you may have gained it all as far as the world concerned, but you've lost Everything. That is a hard message, church. But it's one you must understand. And that's what it means to be living a new life for God. Now, does that mean we go through the world destitute and hopeless and we have nothing? No. God provides all of our needs, but we must put His kingdom first. Whoever finds His life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Think about the paradox. We must live a new life, a new mission, a new goal, 
a new view of heaven, and our priorities will change appropriately. So Paul speaks of this new life in 2 Corinthians 5.15. Listen to what he says. Those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him. So I want to challenge you. Let's boil this down to just a very simple message. Each day when I get up, do I seek to glorify God in what I do and what I say and how I live and how I interact with people? If you look at the context of this chapter in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you notice down toward the end of the chapter, I want you to read a little bit later today, read that chapter, 2 Corinthians 5.15. What Paul is saying to the church is, if you live for Christ and you belong to Him, and you are that new person indeed who is controlled by Christ, then you will tell others about Him. You'll share the good news. You will tell other people how to receive that free gift of grace, how to transform their lives and be a new person who now is owned by and controlled by God. And what a pleasure it is to submit to a loving Savior who loves me so much that He died for me, for my sins. And that's why Jesus said, I want you to love other people just as I have loved you. Jesus went to the cross for me. My Lord and Savior, my Creator and Redeemer died for me. He poured out His blood for me. And He asked me for the remainder of my life as a new child of God to no longer live for myself, but live for Him. So one of, one of the goals, in my opinion that you should attempt to set this year is to simply say, Lord, how can I honor you in my everyday life? How can I glorify you? How can I put less emphasis on self and selfish desires and selfish goals that are temporary? And how can I begin thinking about your eternal kingdom and doing things that will impact your kingdom while I'm here on earth? That is the transformation process that glorifies God. And that's why I want you to become a new creation. The more we worry about worldly things, I think the more we become distracted, the less we serve God effectively. So let us trust Him. Now I want you to look at verse 17. And we'll close with this text today. And I want to talk about it for just a few moments. Now, I've always appreciated in reading the Bible, church, when you hear the word, therefore, I want you to stop. And I want you to ask, what is it, therefore? Why is that present in the text? Paul is saying, stop, I want your attention. I want you to think about everything I've just said, because I'm summarizing these thoughts. When that word therefore shows up, it means, okay, go back and reread what you've just read because he's concluding, he's summarizing. Therefore, based on all the things Paul said in this chapter, if you, if anyone is in Christ, he's just the same old fleshly person he's always been. Is that what it says? Mm -mm. Let's Let's read it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself 
and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You see, church, there may be someone here today who has not yet become a Christian. The gospel is very simple. The gospel is three parts. It means die to yourself. Say goodbye to the old man, the old desires, the old fleshly things that you used to value. Have a funeral for yourself, basically. Number two, before others, put yourself to death by being buried. Now, baptism is an interesting symbol. It involves two things. One, it's an act of submission. I have never seen anybody be baptized that didn't want to be baptized. Then it'd be a fight, wouldn't it? Can you imagine the thrashing and the water splashing everywhere? No, don't put me under the water. I don't want... No, no. When you're baptized, it is a voluntary submission to being put under the water. Right? Think about it. When I was studying in Africa, there was a young man that I was explaining the gospel to, and he was rubbing his chin and thinking, and he said, do you force people to be baptized? I said, oh, yes. He went, what? I said, we put ropes around them. We tied them very securely. His eyes were getting big. And we, we marched them down and throw them in the water, and we're sure they're baptized. He said, no. I said, no, I'm just kidding. We don't do this. And then I turned the question around and said, why do we not force people to be baptized? He said, it would do no good. I said, amen. It would do no good. That night he went home and thought about our study. He read the scriptures that we studied that day and realized that he was getting ready to make a commitment that would require him to put himself to death and voluntarily go underwater. I got a call the next day from the local preacher, and he said, our young man, the student that you've been studying with, wants to be baptized. I said, praise God. But you see, he came and voluntarily submitted to his baptism. And is still a member of the church today. He married that preacher's daughter. It's his son-in-law. He gave his life up. When I was preaching in a center of a town in West Africa, I had a PA system And I was reading Jesus' invitation where it says, Come unto me, all you labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me. He said, Learn of me. I'm humble. I want to do what's best for you, but I ask you to do a hard thing. And that is crucify self. It's something we struggle with for our life as long as we're on this earth. Let's be honest. But... If we give ourselves voluntarily over to the control of God, if we become a new creation, if we obey the gospel, which is the death, the burial, and let me add the third point. This is the good news. That dead body that's under the water comes up. It's cleansed, washed in the blood of Jesus. And by faith, all those sins have been removed by God. This new resurrected body is no longer the old fleshly man. It is a new spiritual person who lives for God to glorify Him. This body is a new creation. Behold, all things are made new. 
tonight there, or today there may be someone who's not yet become a Christian. And I want to give you an opportunity to think about that proposal. Are you willing to submit? Are you willing to give your life over to God? Are you willing to take up your cross and follow Him and put self to death? That's a lot. But look at the reward. An eternity in heaven with God. God promises He's going to take care of us. And if you're stressed or worried or anxious, come back tonight. We're going to talk about how to face the new year and all the unknowns. Avery, come back tonight. We'll find some answers from the Bible. The invitation's yours today. We hope that you'll think about voluntarily giving yourself over to become that new person, that new creation in God. Brian, lead us in our invitation song. Come if you need to. We'd love to take your confession. Appreciate each of you being here this morning. I'd like to invite each of you to be back with us tonight at 5 p.m. for evening worship.
Any other final announcements? Not our closing song will be I Stand in All of You. You are beautiful beyond description, too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? can fathom the depth of your love. You are beautiful beyond description, majesty enthroned above. And I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand Majesty enthroned above, and I stand, I stand in all of you. I stand, I stand in all of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due, I stand. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for another lovely Lord's Day that we can come here and gather together and worship your name and learn a lesson from your word and really just think about all the many blessings we have in this life. Thank you for this new year that as we embark on that we can really strive to learn more about you and to serve you and to bring others to you. Please be with us now as we depart from this place and help us to 
be safe on our travels and to bring us all back at the next appointed time. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.